Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. everyone welcome to part two of jordan north's mind experience on the moon underwater uh, jordan known to millions for presenting drive time on radio one and also one of the presenters of help i sexted my boss the smash hit podcast so far in jordan's friendly boozer but with a, it's got a military nod it's got a Chesterfield, it's got the odd bow tie on display from one of the uh, old guard, and there are children happily playing football in the car park. Within it, we have two ends of the drinking spectrum. We have Guinness and Fosters on draft, and an El Puntido full-bodied Rioja and Corona in bottles. <laughs> he is a man of contradictions. He is a man of perhaps con- conflicting personalities. Is he Jordan North? Is he Jordan South? (laughs) Or is he Jordan rowing through the Midlands? But before we uh, begin to fill out the rest of Jordan's bar, we must return to our Shakespearean pub quiz. Robin. Thanks, John. So, yes, the answers to this week's Moon Underwater pub quiz, which was about William Shakespeare. So question one was, which Shakespeare play contains these familiar everyday phrases, including the mind's eye, every dog has its day, to be hoisted on your own petard and to have method in your madness. Jordan, any any ideas there? I'm going to go for the obvious one. It might be that's probably wrong. I'm going to say Romeo and Juliet. Okay, Romeo and uh, R and J. On to on to JR. <laughs> uh, I'm going Hamlet. Hamlet, it is. It is Hamlet. <sighs> Hamlet's full of uh, phrases. Yeah, uh, the cat will mew and dog will have his day. Though this be madness, yet there be method in it. Yet there is method in it. Yeah, full of uh, phrases that kind of became well-known. It's quite quite a good play. Rob's dad taught me English at school, and and Robin as well. Didn't he once leave a Shakespeare play and someone came out and said, I love that play, but it was full of quotes. (laughs) 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 Possibly, yeah. (laughs) That's great. Believe it or not, we did a texter on 
you would not believe so a texter is like like we did a big phone in on this on Radio 1 about Shakespeare quotes that you that you still hear now and it went off and I remember my producer going we can't do that I was like oh no we'll do it as a laugh and it went off like I didn't know there's so many words and phrases we say now that come from Shakespeare yeah so um, like catch a cold and things so basically I got dragged to um, Romeo and Juliet at the open air theatre last summer oh, and I went on air and talked about it and then obviously everyone was like you joined yourself and then we did a big text around it and you will not believe how many texts we got in from people going telling me all these different because there's loads isn't there I didn't realise yeah Hamlet particularly when you read it or see it it's like it feels like you know like every other line it's like when you watch a film that you've seen parodied by the Simpsons so much so like if you watch <laughs> if you watch The Godfather or something you're like I could put this together from Simpsons episodes <laughs> That's really good. I think it's Glenn Moore tweeted, "Brevity is the soul of wit." A great quote from Shakespeare's four-hour play Hamlet, <laughs> <laughs> which is true. But Hamlet wasn't meant to be four hours because it's kind of a composite text of different versions. Anyway, probably wasn't good, wasn't originally that long. Anyway, let's crack on, shall we? Shakespeare in insults, you starveling, you elfskin, you dried neat tongue, you bull's pizzle, etc. And then you scullion, you rampallion, you fustilarian. I'll tickle your catastrophe. Any ideas for that, you two? Um, I'm going to go with Macbeth. Macbeth's quite a good shout. There's a good one in Macbeth. You, you cream-faced loon is Macbeth. John, any ideas? Um, I'm going for Merchant of Venice. Merchant of Venice. It's Henry the Fourth. Is that Falstaff? Yeah, it's ah, Falstaff. That was Henry. my second guess. <laughs> Henry the Fourth. Parts one and two there. I've taken one. But they're, they're spoken by Falstaff and Prince Henry. And question three was, which three Shakespeare plays are, are known as the problem plays? So... <laughs> I, th- I think I've got this. Okay. I'll go to the bar. This is, where I'd, this is where I'd go and get the round. I always do the quiz and think I'd, I'd make it... I'll, I'll do one that's a bit easier. And then, like, I think, oh, no, I'm, I'll get, get into it. And then, Don't like... lower your standards for me, boys. Don't. <laughs> do you remember when Richard and Judy used to do a quiz on the telly and it was literally like, what colour is grass and yeah. stuff like that? Do you, do you what was... This? I had the DVD of that. What was the one where they had the screen behind so, them? Some you say to... you, you say you play or you say we pay. You say we pay. I had the DVD of that. <laughs> yeah. What, it was like literally a picture of a cat and you had to say cat? So, yeah, so... The, but, you, but you couldn't say cat, so you'd be like, right, it meows. And then Richard and Judy had to say a cat. And for everyone they got right, the person on the phone had been like 100 quid anyway so I doubt but I had that on DVD for Christmas that's great and we all we all all the family played it it was great that's amazing oh cool right then so so some problem plays let's let's try and solve this problem I reckon it's Pericles Winter's Tale and Cymbeline you're getting a bit confused with the late plays there John Ah! I have to say yeah I thought the problem plays were the late oh is it the Tempest no, The Tempest is a late play as well. They're oh, the four late plays that you've just named. Oh, sh- I'm They're so great. sorry. I put Julius Caesar, but it's not that, is it? Is that even a Shakespeare play? That is, yeah. No, that's a, that's a, a Roman play. Uh, I'm sad. Don't worry about it, man. Can the question? Can you change the question to what are the late plays? <laughs> I mean, I could. I feel about there's a great bit in The Wire, re-watching The Wire, where you know, they have that basketball game. We're like East versus West. And like Avon Barksdale, the, the big gangster, 
has a go at the referee for a decision, and the referee says, I could replay it if you want. And then Aiden Barksdale has an even bigger go at him. No, you've got to stand up for yourself. <laughs> it's so funny, but yeah. It's, that, it's, I, it's the only one I've not seen, and, and my dad goes mad at me. He's like, you've got to watch. I've seen, I've rewatched Sopranos, uh, Mad yeah. Men, West Wing. It's just, I've never seen. It's, da- it's really seen worth a watch, and it's, yeah. it sort of feels particular. I don't know, it's just amazing rewatching it. It's still so good. Um, anyway, yeah, problem plays there, measure for measure. And All's Well That Ends Well, which were kind of listed as comedies, but they're known as problem plays. And Troilus and Cressida is a problem play. What do you mean by problem play then? So, it's- so like All's Well That Ends Well is like a comedy, ostensibly, but it, it literally, it's literally questioning just because it ends well, like a comedy is meant to. Does that mean it, everything is right? Like this couple get married at the end who don't know each other. So it's like, is that really a happy ending? So it's kind of oh, subverting okay. these expectations. But they say they're only problems if you feel that it's necessary to be able to categorise every play as a comedy, a tragedy, a history. Yeah. So it's our problem. Yeah, it's our problem. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But, like, the ones I picked could also be called problem plays, or are they just tragedies? I think they're all down as comedies. I mean, like, in the very basic, you know, the first whatever it was, folio that where the plays appeared they were listed as comedies tragedies and histories weren't they well it's a bit bit like saying that you can't call this a gangster film because there's a cowboy in it yeah sure Uh. i mean all all the play uh, you know as as said you know that all the plays are experiments experimental each play is an experiment of shakespeare i like that Okay, good quiz. Good quiz, Robin. <laughs> very, very hard. Was it hard? Yeah, yeah I'll do an easy one. What colour is grass? Next what colour is grass? Um, <laughs> uh, to uh, get the taste of uh, Shakespeare's problems and sheaths out of our mouth, uh, because <laughs> someone was called a sheath in, uh, in one of those insults. Uh, are you a spirit drinker, George? Yeah, yeah, I am. I, I love... Uh, this is the one I probably struggled with the most, you know. Really? Yeah, I do like a good spirit, I like a good vodka, like a like a vodka martini. I love it. For me, it was picking a bottle of whiskey that was the hardest because I love my whiskey as well. Well, let's find out what your two spirits or liqueurs are because you spoke very longingly about the tray of port and brandy being handed round the sergeant's mess. <laughs> mm. uh, so, what have you gone for first? Uh, at first, I couldn't dis- decide between a bottle of Jameson's or a proper bottle of single malt scotch. So I've gone for the single malt scotch. I've gone for a Tamna. I've brought the bottle with me because I can never pronounce the say. I can never pronounce it. Tamavulin. Tamavulin sounds about right. Tamavulin. Tamavulin. It's a Speyside single malt, so it's not too peaty because some scotches are quite peaty, and I think that's from the Isle of wherever it's quite. But this is my um, favourite scotch, actually. My brother, my older brother got it me a few years ago. And now every time I see him, if I'm not sitting for a while, he always gets me a bottle. Aww, and, um, nice. Yeah, I think that's why, because my brother introduced it to me. Um, and because he's away on operations a lot and stuff, he always gets it me, so. And how do you like to drink it? Is it with on its own, a bit of water? Or? Just just neat, maybe a bit of ice, but don't don't drown it with ice. But honestly, I could I could drink any whiskey. Um I love I, I love an old fashioned cocktail as well, but um I, I, I like any whiskey really. There's some they do some good blended ones, but I've got a little drinks trolley behind me in my um 
living room here and there's loads on there. Any whiskey, really. So you talked there about, like, your brother giving you that whiskey when when you haven't seen him for a while. And it struck me that as, as someone with members of the military in your family, when when the news is kicking off about, e.g., the Ukraine, do, do you have an extra sort of worry that, you know, if something did happen that your family members might be going out there? Does Does that sort of concern you? Yeah, you do. And the best, you do, but there's this whole, like, just this army way of, like, growing up in the army, just getting on with it. You just kind of... You worry, but you just put it to one side, if you will. I remember when my older brother was... He first went to Iraq, and I think he was about 19. Fucking and hell. I, I, yeah, I know, which is, which is mad, isn't it? And I was still in school. And I remember saying to my mum... And I know this sounds weird and a bit corny, but I remember get, getting ready for school and saying to my mum in the kitchen, I keep having dreams that um, I'm losing my teeth. And my mum was like... Oh, that's so weird. So do I. She says, I keep, I keep dreaming that I'm losing my teeth. Anyway, I remember on my way to school, I Googled it, and it means you're really worried about losing someone in your family. That's what apparently that dream means, which is your conscience. So I always remember that. And But we'd never sit in the kitchen and go, oh, I'm worried about our Ryan. It, it literally would just be, oh, he'll be right. That's like such a Burnley thing. You'd be like, oh, he'll be right. He'll be fine. But yeah, of course you do worry about him. My dad still works. Um, my dad still works in Iraq now. He's fifty odd year old, and he and he had a he had a normal job, a normal job. He worked for the NHS as a manager, and he hated it. Just and it's all he's known. So he works in Iraq now, and out of everyone, he's the one I'm worried about the least. Which is yeah, you just it, it's kind of hard. To, you do worry, but you just kind of think they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Like well, I guess like it, you just wouldn't be able to function if you were worrying all the time. Exactly. So you have to find yeah. a way to sort of. To just deal with that worry, and army wives and are just great at that. Not, I suppose, army partners now because it was mainly it was mainly wives that was in when in my dad's regiment. But they're just great at that. It's just like cracking on and getting on with it. Yeah, he also got me a bottle of um, Tamavulin when I got back from the castle in I'm a celeb as well. Oh, nice! Um, which makes it round really sweet. It's not like it, it's not like some other film. It's, yeah, hey, bro, I've got you that. Oh, cheers, it's, it's, <laughs> so lit- it's literally that. Is there no booze in the I'm a Celebrity castle? No, so you're not allowed. And I I thought I'd, I'd miss it, but I was actually, I was fine for three weeks in there. Did anyone try um, and sneak some in? No, it's just, it's impossible. But on one task we won, we got, we got a free trip to the pub. It was called Castle Inn. So they met a little pub in the castle. Oh, it was the best night. I lost my shit. <laughs> I guess as well because the cameras aren't there as well. And yeah. Can, yeah, that must have been quite amazing. So we went into this pub in the castle. It's one of my best memories from it. And they'd proper done it up. It had beer mats. I've, I've, I pinched one of the beer mats. I've still got one of the beer mats here. And they said, you can have any drink you want. You're allowed one drink. What? And obviously I went for a Guinness. You're allowed one drink? Drink. We was allowed one drink. Oh, that's like an anxiety dream. Oh, this is... I know. So, and I was like, I've not had a drink for three weeks. And I'm losing loads of weight and I'm starving. I went for a Guinness, right? Vernon Kay went for a, a glass of red. 
Everyone else was on pissing Coca-Cola cups of tea. What? I was like, you're in a... Sir Mo Farah was pissed on Coca-Cola. <laughs> That's uh, a great I have, I have never... Honestly, Rob, I have never seen a man pissed on Coca-Cola. Like, <laughs> he was hammered. The sugar because he doesn't drink. So we we would... And we overran, so he let us have another drink, like filming does. So I was on my second Guinness, and I was feeling it, and I was starving not to drink three weeks. He'd had two pints of Coke and he was frigging hammered. But everyone else, <laughs> everyone, I was like, get a drink. In fact, I f- might be wrong. I'm, I think Giovanna might have had a glass of white wine, but everybody else was on. I was like, get a proper drink. It would send me wild. I think if you took me after like two weeks on I'm a Celebrity into a pub within a secret pub within a castle and said you're only allowed one drink, I think I would burst into flames. <laughs> <laughs> Just think, I would spontaneously combust like those sort of those those women in Victorian times. Yeah, it was tough, and everybody was like, "Savor it," and I just I got it straight. Yeah, down. yeah, yeah. I yeah, was yeah. just like, I I can't. It's like I can't sip this, and and I literally had a gulp and had half of it in one gulp. I would drink it so quickly that they had to give me another one for continuity. Yeah, were well, they were filming it then? This bit. Yeah, they oh, were. Right, so, yeah, they yeah. were filming it. Right. Yeah, so they filmed it, and then because they overrun, we had to. That was right. The continuity. I would just keep every time they handed me one. I would just down it. <laughs> oh man! Why didn't I think of that? Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So, what's your second choice to accompany the Tamnavulin? I've uh, been thinking about this. It's got to be a, a good old bottle of gin. So, what sort of gin? I, I do. I'm gonna need a specific brand. I think, Jordan. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go for Tankery again. Lovely. I'd I'd be quite happy with Gordon's, and I'd be quite happy with Bombay Sapphire. Um, I'm not into the flavored ones. Well, I walked into the my. I may have said this before, but I walked into Tesco. There's now basically a whole, like, section just for flavoured gin. And it just feels like, what, 
the thing that bugs me, and it's not really a problem, because it doesn't it doesn't matter that they've been invented by a company last year. But the sort of the way that the bottles are made to look as if there's some sort of Victorian elixir that's been made since 1840. And you're like, you've just seen that another company, usually quite a small independent company, has made one. And then suddenly you've got like Gordon's rhubarb gin, Gordon's ginger gin. You're like, oh, sod off. Nail on the head, John. Nail on the head. And there's so many good little independent gin makers. There's... There's one in Burnley, actually, where I get some nice gins from them. Yeah. And you're right. Yeah, you told me. I, like, right I, I remember someone saying, I think it was the comedian Stephen Grant tweeting about a vegan mayonnaise. Because, like, before supermarkets had big vegan sections, you might, in an enormous supermarket, find vegan mayonnaise. And it was made by this one small company. And then when suddenly it becomes a big money spinner, Hellman's and Heinz bring out their vegan mayonnaise. And they've obviously just copied, well, not necessarily copied, but they've just done what that small company did. And then suddenly that small company is wiped out from every shop because it's Hellman's. I always feel quite sorry for them. Yeah, you, you're actually right. Uh, so you've gone for Tankery, Tankery regular or Tankery number 10? Not that it matters. It's, uh, I'd, if I was being picky, I'd go for the number 10 because it is a bit better. It's but got, honestly, I'm... The bottle's a bit nicer. It is a bit nice. It's got that little... Um, yeah, it's a bit... But I, I, any gin... And I think the reason why it's gin is because you can have anything with it. I'd, I'd say as well, like, a gin and tonic's got to be in my top five drinks. A gin and tonic's a great home drink if you've had a pretty shitty stressful day or it's, it's a great summer drink as well it's such an underrated drink even I've said this before I don't mind one of the gin tins you know the gins in a can yeah train love a gin tin. yeah yeah love a gin tin especially if you're going to a picnic or a festival or so take a, take a load of gin tins they're or, or gin tins are great for a train journey yes I did a tweet last week which was basically You've, your train leaves in five minutes. You're in an M&S. What do you buy? Gin tins. Gin tins, yeah. I mean, I, I, I got 400 replies. <laughs> it, was, it was mad. It was brilliant. But yeah, gin tins was a clear, clear theme, as well as the green Belgian lagers, which is, I'm a big fan yeah. of. Yeah. Oh, they're quite good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, definitely. Just because you can do a million and one things, a, a, a gin martini is really nice and underrated as well. Yeah, it's definitely got... There's so many things you can have with a gin. I always... When I make a gin and... I haven't had gin and tonic for a long time, but I, re, I really like fever tree tonic. And the, I, I think the trick is, it's got to be half and half. So it's got to be quite ginny. And when you've got a good tonic, you can get away with half and half. Ah, uh, to- So in my pub as well, I know I'm going off piece, I wouldn't have the bottles of tonic because they drown a gin and tonic. In, when you get a bottle of tonic in a pub, yeah. you know the big bo- the bottles. I, you can share that between two people. Yeah. It'd be a small, it'd be a small can of Fever Tree tonic, Ooh. and it's it's the best. It is it's the best. And a, a gin and tonic. I'm going off on now. It's better in, I think, in a shorter glass because they serve. I cannot stand them in them bloody fish bowls they give you now. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they just look like you're out with your mum and Auntie Kath oh, if you're drinking them. Preach. <laughs> you know, yeah. Do you know, but a gin and tonic, I always ask for a tall glass, but a gin and tonic's really nice in a um, in a short glass, like what you'd have a whiskey in or an old-fashioned. It's in a tumbler, is that the right word? Um, it's really sharp and perfect. Yeah, I think, and the smells, you kind of, you know, you've got broader kind of surface area so there's more of the aroma coming off it i think jordan you won't you won't know this but i i today i've had probably the worst hangover i've had since uh since the coalition government but i'm 
I, I, you're almost making me want to have a gin and tonic, which is kind no, of insane. No way. So what we talk, because I, I always rate my hangovers. I've got my top five hangovers. So is this in your top five? Um, no. It, I would say it's probably seven or eight. I remember the worst hangover I've ever had because I took a photo. I got up in the middle of the night to go for a piss and I looked in the mirror and my face... I honestly, I looked like I'd had an allergic reaction to something. And I had like, I'd obviously been drooling in the night and down both <laughs> sides of my face, I had like white sort of stains from where I'd my spit had dried up. And I took a photo in the mirror. <laughs> and I honestly, there used to be an app that The Walking Dead did to promote The Walking Dead, <laughs> where you could turn yourself into a zombie on the app yeah. and you'd have like a sort of an axe going through your chin or you'd have like an eye had exploded. I looked just like that app. So that was the worst. Brilliant. The second worst was three years, three or four years ago uh, after a, a night out in Bristol. But this was... It didn't have any unusual factors. I think that's what stops it getting in the top five. Because sometimes when a hangover is really, really bad, it sort of brings with it something new, like your toes hurt or something, or you or you feel like you've got a cold when you don't. So it didn't have... It was just a classic headache and just the most appalling sense of, of, of remorse. I, I think mine... I divide mine into, like, decades, so... When I hit my 30s, I was like, okay, that's, this is the worst hangover of my 30s. And there was like three or four like that. And I think I've had, now I'm in my 40s, I think I've had two, which have really been absolutely awful. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my brother saying to me, when you get old, it'll get worse. And I was like, oh, that can't be true. And then you get into your 30s and you're like, Ugh. Well, I, I honestly, I don't think they, ha- I, for me personally, they haven't gotten worse. It's just, I rarely get one. So when I get one, it's often a humdinger and it's often because I haven't eaten because I'm usually quite good, like have a pint of Barocca before I go to bed. And that the next day, that's then like having a hangover through double glazing. You're sort of protected from Mm. it a bit. But I didn't (laughs) last night. And I also drank way more than I usually do. Anyway, I'm not going to have a gin and tonic. Alka-Salsa is good for that. Do you like, is this just me, but... Do you like one of those nice little slow lingering hangovers? Like, how can I, like you know, on a Sunday afternoon where you've had a few on a Saturday, but you just you just chill in on a Sunday and you, you're slightly hang, hungover, and, but it's a nice hangover, and you're like, do you know what? I'll sort me out here a couple of pints. Do you know? What, yeah, do you know what I mean, I mean that little Sunday afternoon one. I love that, and that feeling as well, where it gets to about four or five, and it's it's like yes. the, the clouds have cleared, oh and it's like, God. oh, I'm over the worst of it. And, I, yeah. I honestly don't think there is a better feeling on earth. And this says probably quite a lot about me. But when you have got one of those hangovers, maybe like a sort of five pint hangover, six pint hangover from Saturday night. And you your mate says, do you want to go to a pub? And you're like, oh, I'm not sure. I really shouldn't drink. And then you step out. And as you're walking to the pub, your hangover begins to recede. And suddenly... It's almost like diving into ice clear water, and that first pint you 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 lift it to your mouth and then it's gone. I want to live in that feeling for the rest of my life. That's what I. That's what I was trying to get. You've articulated it so so much better than I would. Yeah, it's like you're just a bit hungover, and it's that first sip of the pint. You're like, oh, that sorted me right out. That I, one of the worst hangovers of my thirties was uh, <laughs> I, I used to play 
with Jan Tiersen, the French musician, and we had a radio session, which was basically in the P- Parisian equivalent of like Abbey Road. It was this beautiful, but it was more like BB, like the old broadcasting house or something. It was a beautiful studio, and I should have been absolutely loving every second of it. But I was so hungover. I knew in the taxi there that, that this is serious, you know, <laughs> and having to do this session. And then there's a photo of me where Jan is doing an interview with the broadcaster and I'm in the background just asleep on the floor, just curled up. <laughs> like, <laughs> just like in the fetal position. Oh, Rob. And I tell you what, we when we finished, I don't know how I got through it because I, like, I was like sick as well. It was horrible. And we went to a brasserie afterwards <laughs> and I ordered, you know, steak frites and a lager and it was... I don't think I've ever experienced ecstasy like it. It was amazing. It was amazing. Most people are like, I was at a rave. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Snake prick. Like, yeah. We should say, you know, a hangover is a sign that you have poisoned yourself. And to drink to the point at which you get hangovers is, is dangerous. It's not good for you. Just to be very clear on that. However, Absolutely. the moment... Because you have that sort of the first hour after you wake up, it's almost like you're feeling out the hangover going, okay, how serious is this? Is this like, is this just going to be in the back of my mind for the day? Is this sort of going to annoy me that I've got to this state? Or am I going to have to cancel stuff? And sometimes what I notice now is they get worse throughout the day. Whereas always when I was in my teens or twenties, they would start worse and then get better. Because, like, today at four o'clock was, was when it was at its worst. Yeah, they get worse, definitely. So, anyway, well, we ha- <laughs> I really want a drink now. Yeah, I really want a drink after this. <laughs> yeah. This is why I wanted to come onto the podcast, because I bloody love I just drink. know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to Tesco and get a bottle of red wine. I just know it. It's so inevitable. It's like time. Uh, anyway. It's like time. Uh, Jordan, thank you so much for your two choices there. Uh, Tamnavulin, Spaceside Single Malt and Tankery Number 10, alongside Guinness and Foster's uh, Chalk and Cheese and Rioja El Puntadido Corona, Cats and Dogs. <laughs> uh, I don't like dogs. Uh, now, though, we head over to the Moon Underwater Pub Library to expand our brains. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Thanks, John. This week in the pub library, uh, where we normally enter a book into the shelves of the moon underwater, this week it's a bit different um, because it's Wikipedia. Can we put Wikipedia into the pub library? Yes, we can. We just have to print it all out first. Okay, that's absolutely fine. Because I follow this account on social media called Depths of Wikipedia, which is quite funny because it kind of posts... Yeah, it's very good. It posts kind of obscure uh, subjects about which there is a Wikipedia page. And so this one is... The, the subject of this Wikipedia page is Kalsari Kanit. Kalsari Kanit. And that's Finnish for a literal translation is pants drunk. Okay, <laughs> pants drunk. So here we go. Pants drunk is a form of drinking culture originating in Finland in which the drinker consumes alcoholic drinks at home, dressed in as little clothing as possible mainly in underwear, with no intention of going out. To a large extent, it is still considered a way of life in Finland, possibly related to the stereotype lack of 
social contacts among Finns. The forced isolation of people in their own homes caused by the global COVID pandemic created a global trend for this drinking habit. Books guiding to the right method and philosophy <laughs> to the right method and philosophy about pants drunking have also been written, the most notable being Pants Drunk, Kalsari Kani, The Finnish Path to Relaxation, Drinking at Home Alone in Your Underwear, written by Miska Rantenen in 2018. So there we go, guys. Pants Drunk. What are we thinking? That's class. I love that. I'm going to get pants drunk tonight. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not... I think I could get pants drunk in a hot country, but I tend to have my heating quite low because I'm kind of insane. Right. So I... I, I, I I'm, my house is always, like, two degrees too cold, just because... And I cannot bring myself to make it a nice temperature because I'm obsessed with sort of efficiency. Yeah, because... So Finland is not a warm country. No, but they might have their houses very warm. Yeah. So is there something almost like an element of you know, when you go to a sauna, maybe? Mm. Yeah, sitting in your sitting in your pants and just drinking. That's I like the idea of that. I know they say it's a slippery slope, and I'm not advocating this, but I do like a drink on my own sometimes as well. You can't beat it, can you? Get the fire on. Oh yeah. Light a couple of candles, little drink, read your book, get some music on in the background. Oh. Jordan, yeah. could you record some sort of uh, audiobooks for me? <laughs> because where you're just sort of describing your, your, yourself and it's, your drinks. And, and they say you should drink on your own, but I love a good drink. I love, I love the idea of getting pants drunk. What if you haven't got a choice, Jordan, mate? Yeah, do, you see, do you see anyone else knocking around this queen shrine? <laughs> uh, fantastic. So that's the Wikipedia page for Pants Drunk. Uh, printed out and put in the Moon Underwater pub library. Jordan, however, th- we don't just have a library here. We've also got a jukebox, and you are Mr. Music. And also, you are you have your finger on the nub of youth and on <laughs> other parts of youth as well, because you're so young and you're on Radio 1, which is, I think, the definition of being cool and relevant. When you say that. You're so relevant, man. <laughs> I no the radio one is is a station I couldn't agree more and it's like right on the thumb and the pulse of um, it is the pulse it I is think. the pulse it sets the trends in many ways and has done for for it must be like quite were you quite sort of humbled the first time you were asked to do it because you're like you think about all of the stuff that radio one has created not just like reflected but actually actively created hundred hundred percent I still am now and I still and I know it sounds like again a bit cheesy but I do sometimes have to pinch myself and like how have you managed to land a job on air but you're totally right it is, but I make it no secret I go on air and I'm like I am not that cool and not that relevant I don't think well you're one of the coolest people I've ever spoken to oh thank you <laughs> but when but when you're there and um, like for me, like we took over, Vic and I took over. We make it no secret that we took over one of the coolest men in, in not just radio and showbiz. Nick Grimshaw, I would say, he's a cool guy. Like how he dresses, how he is, what he's into. Like he's cool, and we we we're just not that cool to be honest. But then you you work at somewhere like Radio One, and you've got people like Clara Ampho, who does the Future Sound Show. Totally cool, really cool. Greg James is really cool as well. He'd probably hate me saying he's that. He's very cool. Him, he's also annoyingly handsome. <laughs> very good. Too good looking for radio. Yeah, like if 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 you would if you would, ch- <laughs> I won't say that. Cut that. Out. 
No, go on, go on. I was just going to say, if you like, were, were talking to a girl at a bar that you quite fancied, and he walked over, you just go fuck off, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> not, He'd love not that now. He would lo- <laughs> uh, do you know what? He's and he's he's very talented. He's really cool. oh yeah, lovely nice, bloke. He's such a nice guy as well. So yeah, they're. They are what I'd say are, are really cool. But like listening to it growing up, it introduced me to so many bands and artists that I love now and um, so many films as well. I remember I got into films by, they used to do a film review uh, slot as well. And I used to always listen to that. But I'm going to go for an album that um, Radio 1 introduced me to this band as well because they were like one of the first to get on them. It came out in, I think it was 2005. So, but... The reason why I'm picking it is because I do a lot of DJ sets for freshers, so for like 18, 19 year olds, and I can play any track from this album and they still know it word for word. And that makes me feel like we can keep our faith in the youth if I'm going to these freshers gigs uh, and they're singing all these songs. So the album I'm going to go for is the fantastic Whatever People Say I Am, That's What I'm Not by the Arctic Monkeys. Very nice. And yes, they've got all the big tracks on there that everyone knows about. Um, but like, I bet you look good on the dance floor and stuff. And Marty Bum, but there's some crackers in there. The mm. View from the afternoon, and there's all sorts in there. So, would so. you want that playing in your pub, or do you think it would? Would things get a bit messy in the in the captain's mess? Yeah, I'd uh, I'd want that being played towards the end of the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just when it's getting a bit rowdy, and that album coming on. Yeah. So and people standing on the pool table and getting shouted <laughs> at by the landlord. Did, when you when you were sort of growing up, going to pubs with, did you go to pubs with your brothers? Were they quite good at? Did you feel very protected if if things got a bit if things got a bit messy? Yes, a bit messy. <laughs> so we used to we used to, a lot of pubs was when we we all used to go and watch Burnley. So we used to go to away games and stuff. And my uncle tells his story better, but when I was drinking in pubs since I was about 16 and I was there in a, I was there in the coaching horses pub in Burnley and I said to the landlord, I said, oh, do you, um, and I was there with a pint in my hand. I said, do you do, do you do bookings for parties? He's like, yeah, yeah, we do bookings. I was like, all oh, right, I'm thinking of having my 18th in here in a couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, didn't think. And he literally, he came from behind the bar and took the pint out of my hand. And I mean, I've done, I've done the story no justice because my uncle Brian tells it better. So I've, I've been drinking in pubs since I was like 16, but always with them when you were like behind your dad and, and your uncles and they'd like that's when I had my first pint my first pint was a Guinness so yeah I've been in loads was that what year was that album is it 2007 I think it was 2005 yeah 2005 rings a bell I remember buying it the week it came out Robin you're cool as well oh it was 2000 was it 6 no 2006 I've just wikipedia right yeah sorry I've I think because I think our version of that album or my version of that album would have been Is This It by The Strokes. Yeah, definitely, because we were at uni when that came out and stuff. Yeah, but I mean, I remember the buzz around the Arctic Monkeys. And do, do you remember like all the like demos that were on MySpace? MySpace. And I remember yeah, hearing yeah. the album and thinking, oh, I prefer the demos because they're a bit rawer or something. Do you remember that? A lot of people say that. Yeah. But, but for me, when I first heard them, I was just like, my mate Pete from school played it to me. And I was just like, what? Like, there were these pe- people singing in these strong northern accents. Yeah, yeah. And I just was like, what is it? It just I, it stuck out like a sort of fun. Yeah. I, I remember it. our friend Mike um, from Sheffield 
went to see them maybe just as they were blowing up or maybe just before the album at the lead mill, right? Is it the lead mill in Sheffield? Yeah. And they brought, he, I vividly remember him telling me this because he said they brought a crate of Fosters on stage that was gone by the, <laughs> end, yes! by the end of the gig. So there we go. We've come full circle. I love him, I love him even more now. <laughs> yeah. I, bet you, I bet you Alex Turner hasn't had Fosters. Not for, for a, a while. while. Yeah. That is a very cool man. I bet he doesn't drink Fosters now, does he? So we come to your final choice, uh, just to remind listeners, on draft you have Guinness and Fosters. Uh, the bottles you have uh, a full-bodied Rioja, in fact it's El Puntido, and also bottles of Corona. Uh, you have Tamnavulin, Speyside Single Malt, and Tankery Number 10 is your spirits, but what Jordan North is your wild card? Uh, my wild card drink would be a gin and debonnet. Nice. <laughs> so debonnet is your, or as Lou Reed calls it, dubonnet. 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 Uh, but debonnet is your wild card, and you, then you're going to mix that with gin. Yes, yeah. My only experience of dubonnet is, or dubonnet, is a big Lou Reed fan, and in one of his songs called Berlin, uh, the line is, uh, in Berlin by the wall, you were five foot ten inches tall. It was very nice candlelight and Dubonnet on ice oh wow that's a great lyric oh what a song what a song that's a great what's that song called I'm gonna songs what's it songs called Berlin and it's from the album Berlin which is one of the bleakest albums ever made it's a little bit upsetting that album (laughs) (laughs) but it's the album he released after Transformer and it's an incredibly sort of brave change in direction it's great it's got some great songs on it Lady Day's great song yeah but anyway, so I then saw it in, I think, the college bar at uni. And I said, oh, I'll have a Dubonnet on ice and I'll be like Lou Reed. And I did not drink it again. Oh, uh, no. So tell me about your relationship with Dubonnet. So um, Dubonnet is something that I drink with my podcast co-host and very good friend, William Hansen, who I do help I sex and my boss with. It's turned into our signature drink. We started it on the first episode and now we just drink it every episode and we get very squiffy off it. It's... It's the Queen Mother. It was the Queen Mother's favorite drink. In a lot of was it? Yeah, it was. She had uh, a lot of gin and debonair. She had quite, the Queen. The Queen up until recently used to drink it quite frequently as well, because William's a, an etiquette expert and a royal expert. And that's the whole premise of the podcast, really. Like we shouldn't be friends on paper, but we are. And he introduced me to it, and it just gets you. I don't, it's the it's the only drink that gets you giddy, like. It gets me giddy. You know, like when you give a kid a panda cola and it's got loads of e-numbers in and they just go wild. But it's not very sweet, is it? It would be a very, very sort of sharp drink, wouldn't it? No, it's really sweet. It's very sweet, I think the Dubonnet I had was off then, because it must have been in this college bar for 20 years. See, another thing, you always see it in bars at the back and it's always dusty. It's it's meant to be kept in the fridge once it's opened. So it's perfect in the summer. Try it. With, they say two parts gin, one part de bonnet, but I reckon two shots of gin, two shots of de bonnet, loads of ice. You can use lemon or orange. I prefer orange. And it just, it's perfect. It's a great drink. And it just reminds me of getting really squiffy with my friend and creating this podcast that we love doing and just having a laugh every Friday. Oh, that's it. so Brilliant. nice. It's just, it's, it's a, a drink that's very fun to me. It's like, you listen to a lot of 
food podcasts and they all talk about memories of food and that's what I've got with drink and I'd love I'd love to have the bonnet in the pub and be like yeah let's have some of this and I'd love to pour it someone for the first time and everyone get giddy off it also it's like a little bit of you and a little bit of him yeah exactly it is and it it gets you have two of them and it gets you gets you pretty drunk (laughs) well it's eight shots in it You're barred. So we've talked about order and disorder in pubs, Jordan. Uh, we've talked about military pubs, special secret pubs within pubs. But what behaviour or what thing or what activity or could be anything you want are you going to outlaw in your dream pub? I hope it's not too unpopular with my friends up north. I'm sure a lot of them agree. It's just something that my dad always, I think, again, it comes from the army, but I don't think you should ever wear trackies in a pub. Right, I just and and I'm not saying I'm not gonna I don't want to go into it too much, but I meant I always say if my brother or my mate meets me in the pub, I'm like, why have you got your trackies on? Put jeans on, and, and a lot of pubs that I grew up in and going, they used to always be like a printed out piece of paper saying no track suits, no football tops, and I just I just I just think trackies are for home or going to the shopping or like doing your errands in but if you go into the pub put some jeans on put a hoodie on that's fine so is this a ban on full tracksuit tracksuit bottoms or tracksuit tops is it just tracksuit bottoms bottoms. tracksuit bottoms tracksuit but i don't mind you going in in your football shirt like i know a lot of people a lot of pubs don't like that it's just i just don't go in the pub in your trackies well i just put some jeans well it's a bit like it's sort of one step away from pants drunk isn't it yeah, yeah, it's the borderline between pants drunk and <laughs> trouser drunk, really, isn't it? I d- yeah, I don't want to sound snobby. I know a lot of people might go into the or frequent pubs. Or I just think, and you go in and there's a lot of people sat around in tracky bottoms. I just put some jeans on. Fair enough. It's your pub, mate. You don't have to apologise. Yeah, no trackies in my <laughs> no pub. Trackies no trackies in tra- my pub. I'm not, I'm, I'm not judging anyone, but you can't come in if you've got your trackies, your tracksuit bottoms on. Hurry up, please. It's time. So, what are we calling this trackyless pub? What What's your uh, name of your dream? So, I used to work in a pub in Preston called the Sir Tom Finney, and he's he's obviously a son of Preston. He's a famous footballer, and he's loved in Preston. And I was a Burnley fan, and they were actually very nice to me. Now, I was the only Burnley fan that was allowed in. I used to work there, and I always thought. I'd love to name a pub after my favourite Burnley player. And my favourite Burnley player was a player in the early 2000s called Robbie Blake. So I'd call it the Robbie Blake. Oh, nice. <laughs> to, to go along with the Royal the Royal Deich. Deich, Deich. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Like, the Royal Deich, Deich. So I'd call it the, the Robbie Blake. The Robbie Blake. Honestly, when we weren't very great, we were a very average team in like the 2000s. And... We were still in the championship and we had this player and and I'll never forget it. My cousin, uh, I, th- I can't remember where my cousin had seen him. Pl- my cousin went to watch Burnley away. Who did we sign him off? I'm such a big fan. And my cousin come back, he went, Jordy said, I've just seen one of the best players ever. And then we signed him a couple of seasons later and he was, he was next level. So I'd call it the Robbie Blake. It sounds a bit like if you were passing the Robbie Blake, you'd think, oh, what sort of Scottish poet is that from the uh, 1780s? And they'd be like, oh, no, he played for Burnley in 2005. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, Jordan, as we thank you for your time and your candour 
and your cans. We need to play you out of the moon underwater because you're about to step back towards the the other realm and you take your pub with you for whenever you need it most. This friendly boozer with football being played in the car park. A nod to the sergeant's mess and Guinness Foster's Rioja Corona, Tamnavulin, Tankery Number no. 10 and Dubonnet. But what song are you going to hear as you leave the moon underwater? Oh, that's a tricky one. That's a tricky one. I'd have to say when the sun goes down. Ah, oh, and the sun will now go down on our time with you. Uh, thank you so much, Jordan North. It's been an absolute treat to talk to you, mate. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.